When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is The Run Home feature interview. Thanks to Mick Delivery. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba! Look, Mitch is pulling in all the favours for his four days on The Run Home. He's getting us absolute superstars on the programme. Our next guest spent nearly a decade in England's national side, 50 ODIs, 51 T20s. He's played everywhere from Sussex to Melbourne to Pune in India uh, and in Auckland, of course, with our very own Mitch McLennigan. Now he's the Aces assistant coach and at the end of the season he'll be joining England as a selector. Luke Wright, thank you so much for your time on the program. Congratulations uh, on the call-up and the new job with England as well. But before we get into all of that, how did you actually end up in New Zealand and with Auckland? What's the connection? <laughs> Hi there. Yeah, um, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, well, on a England tour, um, would have been playing against Mitch actually all those years ago <laughs> um, on, a, on a night out down the viaduct. <laughs> I, um, I managed to turn up finding my wife. So, um, yeah, it's what's always brought us back here. So we've always come back here and visited pretty much every every winter in England's winter. Um, and then obviously the plan was to to move to Auckland when the job came up. It was it worked out perfectly for the family. And I suppose this England job's thrown a bit of a, a spanner in the works. But we're still going to try and commit to to living here. It just makes it a, quite a big commute. To be fair. <laughs> yeah. So so what are your commitments going to be? And and actually, thanks for, for getting back to me, mate. It's been easier to get hold of you when you're overseas than it is when you're back in New Zealand. <laughs> it's because your golf courses are too good over here. That's the problem. <laughs> been uh, been trying to get my handicap down, but. Um, no, it's, it was great by England, actually. I mean, look, I wasn't expecting to, to get that role. I, I knew there was a, a lot bigger profile players that uh, that had gone for that role. So it was sort of unexpected and wasn't, as I said, part of the plan. But um, they're, they're also very understanding because I knew Auckland had given me such a great opportunity mm-hmm. here um, that I didn't just want to up and leave straight away. It was bad enough to leave after one year. So Rob Key was kind enough to let me finish the season out with the boys. Um, so, it, you know, it gives them time over the winter to, to you know to bring someone into my role but um, I've absolutely loved it um, and it's I am going to miss it that's for sure. What sort of preparation can you do going into a role like this the selector of England what, what is it what is the role actually like? Well I think it's going to be a lot of watching cricket around county cricket but it's not just selecting obviously the England squads it'll be the, the Lions the one step yeah. down and then down to under 19s as well so I th- you know the one thing with those England jobs, I think, you know, most squads sort of 12, 13 pick themselves and it's maybe one or two. Um, the role has slightly changed a little bit from previous times when, it, you know, they had a head selector who would get the final say on everything. But that's changed now and rightly so. You know, when you've got Baz McCullum and, and mm. Ben Stokes and Rob Key, you know, you're not going to be telling them the last person they've got to pick. You know, it's going to be between us um, deciding those squads. But I think, you know, they're obviously in a very good place at the moment. But it's to try and make sure... You know, this, the England's 
sort of uprising in one day cricket, especially, but also now in test cricket, can try and carry on for a long time. And we've got, you know, we're very lucky with the, the cricketers that are coming through. Um, it's just trying to make sure you pick the right ones if you can. Mm. You, you get a lot of uh, badgers over in England, mate. A, a lot of uh, badger fans. <laughs> Have you enjoyed having a badgerless summer so far? <laughs> Yeah, it, you know what? It has. It, does, it is surprising. Yeah, you get used to it in England, don't you? Uh, everywhere you go, or uh, even when you arrive at places, you get off buses. There's always a few just hanging around near the hotel for for an autograph or so. But um, yeah, it's been absolutely great. I've loved even in the Super Smash. It's been nice seeing some of the crowds that we've we've had. Um, but um, yeah, it'd be nice if a few more watched the the four day the four day cricket. But uh, that's just the way it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's usually about seven or eight in the crowd. We used to play a game at McLean Park. Guess at T, how many people were in the crowd? It was between four and 12 was always the winning number. Um, on that, mate, like you, you, you've been in, in New Zealand for, for this summer. What, what's your take on, on where the game is in New Zealand and, and how do you think the domestic scene is? Yeah, I've absolutely loved it. I think, you know, from, from always from everyone else, New Zealand's always been the envy, haven't they? Seeing, you know, how do they keep doing it, you know, for such a small population. How do they keep, you know, producing these world-class cricketers? And I think what you're wanting, you know, as you know, there's just so, such natural sports people out here that it's not always when you look at the coaching, there's quite a lot of raw talent there. Um, but in a way, I think some people can be overcoached, can't they? And the fact that sometimes people just find their own way um, can be actually be a really big benefit. And then, you yeah. know, you sort of help guide them along that way. And but I think for all of us, cricket's obviously in a, in a interesting situation at the moment of New Zealand are going through and England are starting to find it where, you know, franchise cricket is starting to take over. Um, and it's how can we preserve and keep players in the international game as long as possible, not start losing players. And, you know, obviously, from my point of view, that'd be part of my job mm. at ways we can try and do that with England, which is obviously such a hot topic at the moment in New Zealand. But I think it's going to be happening for everyone, not just here. And we've just been talking about that as well, haven't we? <laughs> we have been. It's such have a big been. topic. Yeah. yeah, massive at the moment. Um, Roddy, I've seen it firsthand, mate, uh, but your Crick Info page, the first line is, Luke Wright is the Duracell bunny of England cricket. Uh, obviously high energy, <laughs> mate. Um, yeah, uh, about your career, mate, what, what was it that made you so good? I know you were so prolific in T20 cricket. 2010 World Cup was obviously a highlight. Um, what made you uh, such a good cricketer and, and what was the highlight of your career if you're looking back at it now? Yeah, well, I think the Duracell bunny part was probably written when I was a bit younger. I think if you see my warm-ups in the last... It wasn't on the years. Summer of Love, was it? <laughs> but um, oh, do you know what? I just, I loved it. I absolutely loved the game. Um, and the interesting point for me is actually, you know, people always talk about, you know, my T20, which was obviously where I had my most success. But mm. I actually loved the four-day game as well. You know, I managed to get on a test tour, but didn't make my debut but I actually for the guys who you know the amount of kids have been in the system or young ones at Sussex that want to just give it up and go straight to white ball and I actually found it a lot harder when I gave up red ball cricket because it gives you your basics it gives you the amount of time you're training that you're hitting balls you're facing bowlers all the time and the moment I actually gave it up I found it a lot harder you know the sidearm's good but it, it only gives you so much but yeah. yeah I mean I was incredibly lucky as well I think it you know it just it suited my game um, I was always quite attacking batsman, even in four-day cricket. And I think when it came about, um, I just loved it. You know, same with you. We've had some great battles over the time. I think you've probably, I think you've won. I have to say, I think you got me out more times than I smacked you about. But um, it's just great fun, isn't it? And I think that's the bit you miss the most, you know, when you finish playing. The changing room is, is one of the things I've, I'll definitely miss the most. And going back into coaching, that's what I love because 
didn't mean I didn't have to do the warmths anymore. I didn't have to play, but I could stay in the changing room. And uh, I think going into my role, that's definitely something I'll miss. How has that transition been from uh, from a guy who's in that position now, looking at what I'm going to do in the future and, and, and coaching being maybe one of those things? What, what's it been like? What's been the big difference? Well, I suppose to me, I saw it coming. But the moment, you know, the one thing that when I did become a T20 or white ball only player, I wanted to make sure that I was getting myself set up for post cricket. I've seen too many players before me end up finishing cricket and not knowing what's next and, and start to get a panic on. So probably for the last three, four years, I knew it was coming. So I went away and did all my coaching badges, tried to do as much coaching as possible, but then went into education and did a master's in directorship as well. So I was trying to make sure I was, you know, as set up as possible. Um, and then actually, I think I was almost ready to, to move on rather than being told my, my eyes were gone, which I think they're starting to, they were definitely starting to go. Um, but I had a stint with Melbourne Stars doing assistant coaching. I started to go into a few financial companies and trying to do a sort of bit of apprenticeships and everything. So the actual, in a way, I had a bit of a soft landing and then obviously this job came up with, with Auckland. So it was a really nice transition. Um, and I actually haven't, I haven't missed playing part of it, which I, you know, I feel for people when things get cut short or they're not mm. ready to finish. And mm. like we all do, we, you know, we all finish at some point, but I feel quite lucky in the fact that, you know, I haven't felt like that. And I'm always ready to, to move to the next stage. Just on Auckland, uh, while we've got you on, Luke, we've had uh, people trying to guess what our lineup will be against England uh, in that first test. Kyle Jamison's name's obviously been in there. Um, how is he doing? And do you think he is ready to return from that injury to that international arena? Yeah, I mean, look, he's great to have him back. He's such a he's such a big cricketer, and you know, we were we were so hoping he was going to be ready earlier than he was. But, you know, with, with backs, you just have to take the time, don't you? Especially when he's had such a bad problem and a few little setbacks. But, look, he's bowled really well for us. He's bowling quick. Um, and the next step is obviously then getting those workloads up that, you know, they don't want him to go from just bowling a few overs in white ball cricket to then trying to bowl 25 in a day. But, you know, he's, he's such a professional guy. I think, you know, he's been working a way to get those overs mm. up. So, It'll be interesting whether whether he plays the first or the second. I, I think from the talk um, that's set out, you know, out on the radio and stuff, listening to Steady, that whether he plays both, we're not sure. But look, he's a huge asset to have back, and you have to look after those people, don't you? And you know, for, I think looking at New Zealand, we, as we spoke earlier, some of the guys now not playing, someone like him is going to be worth his weight in gold. So, um, you know, whether they whether he ends up playing both, but he's on great form. He's batting really well, and he's bowling quick. So it's great signs for New Zealand. That's great. That's good Good news, good inside all. So uh, it could be for that first test, that pink ball test, ready to go. That's exciting stuff. Looking at your England's men's test squad, mate, um, geez, it's some names that we haven't seen in here, uh, here over here in New Zealand with a mixture of experiences as well. Uh, look, who excites you for the last 12 months on that side, mate? You've got Ben Duckett's coming to the setup. Harry Brooks, geez, he looks like a talent. Um, anyone else that you're really excited about in this setup, bud? Oh, well, yeah, I mean, the one thing I think, you know, New Zealand have done the same. The one thing that catching up since COVID, there's been so many series. I mean, to, it's crazy, isn't it? When, when you've got different England teams or New Zealand teams, one's in India, one can be in Pakistan or one's starting a test series here. But, but what it has done, it's given people opportunities that might not have had chances before. Um, and as you said, I think someone like Harry Brock, I mean, he's an absolute superstar and he's, anything you seem to throw at him, whether it's white ball cricket, red ball cricket and sort of bat anywhere up in the order he, he just seems to just take it in his stride he's gone away in franchise cricket as well and he's dominated 
Um, and I think that's been the nice thing. I mean, from England's point of view, although it sadly is not obviously going to get to play Test Cree, but seeing Joffrey Archer come yeah, back huge, is obviously eh? massive. Um, and, and we're starting to get all our bowlers. I think, we, you know, one thing we've had last year and over this with all the cricket since COVID, we were starting to lose all our bowlers to injury. But to have them all back, obviously, Ashes in English summer next year. Yeah. Um, to have them all back will be absolutely huge. But what it does is against, you know, you're playing against one of the top, top sides in New Zealand. So from my point of view, looking forward to that summer, these guys it does, do have an opportunity, you know, Crawley and Duckett, as you mentioned. They're, you know, they're a big series for them to try and stake a big claim going forward. Yeah, I just the Joffrey Archer one, obviously you played with him at Sussex for such a long time, mate. He's been off injured for, for what, 18 months, almost two years now. Um, how, how much is England cricket going to put him on, on ice leading into that one-day World Cup? Or do you think he actually needs the game time and to get back into some good form, even though he's just taken six for four, 40? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a bit of both. I think, look, he's got to be managed. Um, the hard thing with Joff, he wants, he's desperate to just get back in. I think mm. he was begging to play even before he was supposed to play and he's desperate to get back in test cricket, which is great, but obviously that's got to be managed. So the fact he's playing now and he's staying fit. And, and the other thing, there was still a lot of questions of because of the injuries he had in his back and in his elbow, could he still bowl the pace he's bowled? Well, obviously he's come back and, you know, he, he's straight back to where he was bowling rapid again. And so that's great to see. It's great to see him enjoying his cricket. But uh, yeah, there's a bit of both, I think. That's one of the reasons why they're easing him back in and he hasn't just gone straight into playing test cricket again. They've got to manage him. They've got to get those workloads up. And, you know, obviously the IPL's on the way and then there'll be some county cricket for him that he'll need to play um, leading to those ashes. But, um, yeah, having him firing is obviously going to be a, a big part of what England need. But you've got to manage that. And quickly, before we let you go, um, did, you, did you end up watching your, uh, your English side go down to Scotland overnight? Luckily, with the time difference, I didn't get to see it. But uh, I, I'd seen that's my excuse. Anyway, I'd seen at half time it was pretty tight. But um, yeah, it was it was disappointing. It's not not too often that happens at Twickenham uh, against Scotland. So there'd have been a very there's been some very disappointed people on a lot of Guinness um, disappointed to see that result. But um, fair play to Scotland; they must have played very very well to, to beat England at home. They did. They t- they played phenomenally. And while we're crossing codes, I just wanted to circle right back to the top. Your golf handicap. What are you trying to get it down to? And what's your favourite New Zealand course? <laughs> Uh, well, I was very lucky. We got to play Jack's Point when we were down in Queenstown, nice. and that was just absolutely stunning. So, um, yeah, I'm fairly new to well, I started about three, three years ago when COVID hit. I'd never really played it as a kid, but I've got absolutely the bug massively. Spend far too much time and money on it, but I'm down to an 11 at the moment. Um, but I'm desperate to get into single figures. But Mitch keeps asking me to get on the <laughs> golf course. So I feel like he's a bit of a hustler, actually, <laughs> on his home patch, the way around Howick. The nine hole Howick membership. Yeah. Nine hole Pegaranga membership, mate. Yeah, come out come out, play some Twilight, mate, one evening. Yeah. No, I'd love to. Absolutely love to. It'll be bloody good. Awesome, mate. Thank you very much for your time, mate. It's gonna be a super exciting series to watch mm. and, and I can't wait until England hopefully uh, start losing a few games and so we can ring you and I can wind you up even more now you're a selector. <laughs> well we can get this I don't start to the end of March, so I can get this series out of the way without too much abuse, hopefully. But uh, look, it's great, it's great to see Obviously, New Zealand, you know, having involvement with New Zealand cricket now, I, I couldn't wish for New Zealand to, to do better in, as they go forward in the future. But uh, obviously, just not against New Zealand from, from uh, as far as, as I'm concerned. But no, thanks for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. You're brilliant. Thank you so much, Luke. Appreciate it. Luke Wright. Good.
joining us there. Uh, of course, his time has come to an end with the Auckland Aces and he moves on to his next role with England, not just their top side, but uh, looking at England cricket as a whole and making sure uh, that they are strong for years to come in their development systems as well. What a guy, uh, an absolute legend. As you said, 400-odd matches for Sussex, uh, T20 World Cup. He's yep. done it all, hasn't he? 100 games for England. Yeah, lucky he's, to have uh, him here in New Zealand giving back too. Yeah, and it sounds like um, he's going to try and find a way to stay in New Zealand cricket, like, or sorry, stay in New Zealand with the family. Um, How about all, love, all good love stories start it down at the viaduct oh, on a cricket don't they? tour? Danny, Danny Doolan's in particular. <laughs> That's where it was. Look, I wanted to ask him. I'd imagine it probably would have been somewhere like Danny Danny's. Danny Doolan's uh, yeah. on a New Zealand uh, tour geez, at the viaduct. There's a lot of, lot of athletes that fall in love in New Zealand. That's for sure. <laughs> there is. There's always seems to be every country has a tour of love story when they come to New Zealand whether it's uh, cricket, rugby rugby league seems to, seems to be in the mix as well so yeah so well there we go we're talking about cricket now we're talking about summers of love love very, it very very good very good great to get him on thanks so much for setting that interview up Mitch we hope you enjoyed that one